Well, good morning. Um, it is great to have you here worshiping with us this morning uh, for Easter Sunday morning. Happy Easter to you. Uh, what, a, what a great day Easter is, right? It's just, it's a, it's a really cool day for several reasons. Um, it's a cool day because of all that Christ has done. It's a cool day because you're hanging out with family. It's a cool day that you get to wear those new duds that you purchased whatever past this past weekend. Um, it's, a, it's a cool day because you're going to eat deviled eggs today, Right? If you don't eat 20 deviled eggs at minimum, it was not a proper Easter. Uh, so make sure you wear them bad boys out. Um, but anyways, it's just, it's, it's a great day. It's just something different in the air about Easter Sunday morning. It's, it's, the sun is sunnier. The, the, the breeze is breezier. The, I mean, look at this cross. How cool is this? Isn't this beautiful? Um, so, so one of the people who, they, their spiritual gift is, well, she's back there in the back, uh, Madeline, and, and her too. Like, her gift is this kind of stuff, just to remind us and, and push us to the grace that Christ is. And I, I pray today that, that that really is the extent of what we do, is just kind of sin under the beauty of the cross and, and the redemption power of, of Jesus. And so maybe I'll kick it off this way, and, and I don't want to keep us long, um, but I do want to go through just a few things and so to kind of set our time as a child um, like you, I was very curious um, I, I, I got into things that I maybe shouldn't have i was I was fidgety, I was prone to tinker with things. Anybody else like that prone to tinker and fidgety I, I did these things as a child, and at about twelve, I took an interest in our uh, bathroom scales. I know that's an odd thing. Just bear with me. Hang in there with me. Um, Odd thing to talk about on Easter Sunday. I took an interest in these bathroom scales, namely that the bathroom scales were battery powered. And so I saw them and in my mind, I saw two design flaws in our bathroom scales that were battery powered. And those design flaws were this. Number one, why would you continue to replace batteries in bathroom scales when you could clearly fix this design flaw with a power cord, right? So that was number one design flaw in my head. And then number two design flaw was if 12 watts of power will run these battery, uh, these scales, then what can 2,400 watts of power do to these scales? So these were the two flaws that I saw in this. And, And so I took a trip down in the basement and went downstairs. I found a broken lamp. I carried with me what every electrician needs, a pair of scissors. Took those scissors, got the broken lamp, cut the cord off, spliced the wire, and then grabbed the only other tool that an electrician needs, that being a screwdriver. And so here I am, busting back up from the basement, armed with everything I need to fix this design flaw. I've left the scissors down there like a good child, uh, not placed them back in the drawer where they're clearly supposed to be. I've got my power cord in this hand. I've got my screwdriver in this hand. And I am headed to fix the world's dilemma of battery-powered scales. And so, as you can imagine, long story short, it turns out that engineers and electricians are a little smarter than I thought they were. And uh, they designed it properly, and this resulted in just a small, slight house fire. 
And, and so in this moment, that's the long story short, but that's not my point. My point is not that. What's the point? My point is for a brief moment, brief moment, these scales had more power pulsing through their veins than ever before. The, 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 they, they, the light, I, I wish you would have seen it when I plugged it in. The light shined brighter than it had ever shone before. The numbers were flickering in a way that they had never flickered before. I know that bathroom scales are not supposed to sing and hum, but these scales were flat singing and humming. I mean, there was all kind of things going on with these scales. It went from very cold to quite warm in an instant moment. It was a grand, awesome, awesome, awesomer moment than I had ever experienced. It was glorious. And Easter, if you will, is a lot like 2,400 watts pulsing through a believer's veins. It's just different today, isn't it? It's just the, the, the glory of Christ's resurrection is awesome. And, and listen, yes, it is true. The statement is 100% true that Easter is every day for the believer. I get that. Like some of you snarky people are looking at me right now. Troy, don't you know that Easter is every day? It is. I get it. Don't be snarky at me. It is. But there's just something different about Easter. And I know that. And I pray that you experience that today. So what if... For a moment, just a brief moment, what if for a moment we could be reminded of everything that happens when the pulsing flood of the thousands of gigawatts of Jesus pours into the life of a believer through the reality of the resurrection? What if we could just kind of feel that? I feel like we might shine just a little bit brighter. I feel like we might maybe start to make some humming noises that we don't typically make. Maybe our lights and numbers will flicker just a little different. Maybe we'll go from cold to quite warm really fast. And maybe we'll worship and it'll erupt in our soul in a whole new way. If we could just be reminded of everything that happened because of the resurrection. So that's what I want to do today, really briefly. So I want to look at what are some of those things that flow through us because of the resurrection. Ephesians chapter 1, the passage of Scripture that we've been in studying. You don't have to flip there. It'll be on the screen above. Ephesians 1, 16 through 17 says this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glory of uh, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope which He's called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. Watch this, and this is what I'm getting at with this illustration. And what is the immeasurable greatness? of His power towards us who believe, according to the working of His great might, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand of heavenly places. Do you get it? If you're in Christ, 
When Christ was raised from the dead, He plugged in a power source to your soul that began to feed you and erupt in you in a whole new way. And it started downloading things in you that changes you not only now but forevermore. It it started to make you shine and make you hum. And, And what are those things? Well, let's look at just a few of them. Number one is this. In Christ's resurrection, and why we celebrate today, is in Christ's resurrection, number one, we're united with Christ. Like truly united with Him. Romans 6, 5 says it this way. For if we've been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. It's a really cool thing when we go up to the computer and, 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 and now we've, we've got a, a, a little bit uh, upgraded computer. We went from a 1990 um, Mac to, to a newer Mac. And it's got the whole airdrop system, right? And so the cool thing about the airdrop system is this, is, is you can create something and all of a sudden you can hit a button and it will fly through the air and all of a sudden be on that computer and then pop up on this screen. What was previously not there is now there and just it's, it's just wicked cool technology. Here's the beauty of in Christ. Because of the resurrection, everything that He accomplished, you are, if you're a believer, you are now airdropped, downloaded with Him and united with Him. You are one with Christ. And it gets even better than that. Not only are we united with Him, but number two, we get the identity of Christ in His resurrection. Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So because of the resurrection, I'm now identified. I'm, you are, if you're a believer, crucified with Christ. Which means this. When you walk into eternity, it's not, hey Troy, hey David, hey John, um, why on earth are you here? And what makes you think you should get in? Because of the resurrection, it's the assurance that if you're a believer, when we walk into eternity, the Father looks and says, you are united with Christ and I identify with you with Christ. And so the Father looks and says, as you walk in, you look like Jesus. That's the glory of the resurrection. But it gets even better than that. Number three, because of the resurrection, we get security of Christ. John eleven twenty five through 26 promises this because of Easter. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. The beauty of Easter recharge is that our hope of making it eternally rests in Christ's hope of being resurrected. We are as secure as Christ is secure. That's the beauty of Easter. And it gets even better than that. We get the hope of Christ 
in the resurrection. Colossians 1.27 says it this way, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is because of Easter, Christ plugged in, downloaded, airdropped in you the hope of glory. Because of Easter, believers, we don't wish upon a star. Like going into the mall and flipping a coin in going, boy, I sure hope this wish comes true. We have a living hope because of Easter. It gets even better than that. Because of Easter, we get the joy of Christ in resurrection. Hebrews 12, 2 says it this way. We look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. In other words, Jesus looked through the portal of time and He saw joy. But remember, He can only achieve it if He's sinless. He lives the sinless life. He achieves and receives joy. And He says this, For the believer, I'm going to embed every bit of joy that I earned in their soul, right? He's the founder and perfecter. He received the joy, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. And so because of Easter, we get all the joy that Christ earned. We get it. It's like Michael Jordan making the dunk from the free throw line, getting handed the trophy and walking over and going, here's your trophy. And we look at Michael and we go, Mike... I can't leap over the free throw line, much less jump from the free throw line and dunk the basketball. And he says, no, no, it's yours. You did it. That's the scandal of Easter. You get what he earned. The joy is deeper than giddiness. It's so much deeper than giddiness. Giddy, flippy happiness is not what we're talking about. As believers, we get deep-seated joy even in the midst of confusion, chaos, scandal, depression. We can suffer well because of Christ and because of Easter. It gets better than that. We get the peace of Christ in resurrection. Romans 6, 4, we were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Why? Because of the resurrection. We get the peace that He earned calm in the midst of the storm. It gets better than that. We get the fruit of Christ in resurrection. Romans 7, 4 says it this way, You also have died to the law through the body of Christ. Have you noticed, do you see the theme here? Have you seen how many times because He did this, you also get this? Have you seen that? For you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to Him who's been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. You may feel worthless, but if you're a believer, He is going to produce apples because He is an apple tree. And what He's going to produce through you is good works ultimately for His glory. 
We bear fruit not because we're good enough or worthy to bear fruit. We bear fruit because He necessarily pushes fruit through us. That's what Easter's all about. It gets better than that. We get confidence of Christ in resurrection. 1 Peter 1.3 says it this way, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a dead hope. Right? Oh, what does it say? To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You can't have confidence that I will pull off anything for you. But you can have utter confidence that Christ will keep every promise He has ever made for you. That's a grand confidence Gets better than that. We're risen with Christ in the resurrection. Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We don't fear death. Now listen, I'll be completely honest with you. I do fear the way in which I'll die. It terrifies me. I don't want to drown. I don't want to be electrocuted by trying to fix a battery-operated scales in a bathroom. I don't want to be struck by lightning. I don't want to be run over by a car. I certainly don't want to be eaten by a lion. That would just be odd, and I'm not sure how that would occur. I don't want any of those things to occur. But here's the beauty of this. As a believer, I don't fear death. Why? Because of Easter. Because I'm risen because He's risen. Do you get it? Are you seeing the connection? And it's on and on and on. There's more. We get friendship of Christ because of Easter. It's just like I keep popping open eggs for you. I hope you're seeing it's better than marshmallow peeps. John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. I will be risen because I live. You also will live. It gets better. We get the presence of Christ in resurrection. Matthew 28, 20. For the believer, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Not sometimes, not when you're doing good enough. Not when you feel worthy enough. Not I'll be with you when that note, when, when Connor hits the steel just right and it sums in your soul. I'll be with you always. Watch this. Even in your dirt. Even in your muck. But it gets better than that. We get the sinlessness of Christ in the resurrection. Now, Troy, that's too good to be true. Well, it is. It is too good to be true. We agree to agree. But here's what Scripture says because of Easter. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 
for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him because of Easter we might become what say it aloud the righteousness of God doesn't it make you doesn't it make you hum a little more shine a little brighter and then one last thing we get immortality of Christ in his resurrection. Colossians 3, 3 through 4. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now I'm going to need somebody to help me out. That's better than deviled eggs. And here's the deal. I didn't have time to run through the thousands and thousands of promises in Scripture. And that was like .0001% of the kilowatts that he plugs into us because of the resurrection. Now listen, it is a big if. It's a big if. Troy, that sounds great and grand. But it only applies if he really was raised from the dead. And for us who are believers, we have confidence in this. But, but maybe there's somebody in here who goes, No, nah, I'm not really confident he was really raised from the dead. Well, let me speak to you for just a moment. It, it is a big if. And if he's not risen, then all of those things fall apart. That's true. He's just a dead man like any other man. But I want you to know this, if that's you in this room. As believers, we don't check our brain at the door. We have a reason to believe in the resurrection. A couple of things, they'll pop on the screen. Number one, the tomb being empty was a fact. There's no doubt, there's nobody who debates that the tomb was empty or not. If you're in the room going, I kind of debate whether it was empty or not, well, you have checked your brain at the door. There's no doubt that it was empty. It was a well-known tomb. It was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. You guys remember this, right? Everybody knew where it was. Everybody knew which one it was. The tomb was empty for sure. That's fact. Number two, a battered Jesus who was bloody and had lost all of his blood and was weak didn't roll away a thousand pound stone, escape the guards and just kind of go live as a hermit for the rest of his life. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Number three, the guards certainly didn't take the body as a joke. I mean, it would have been an instant death sentence. It would have been a suicide mission for them to take the body. And this was their job, right? So the guards certainly didn't take the body. The Jewish leaders didn't take the body. Why? How do we know that? Because you can kill Christianity really fast. All you got to do is what? Show the body. Right? So if the Jewish leaders took the body, all they had to do was go, Christianity is dead, here is the body. They didn't take the body. The disciples surely didn't take the body, which is the story that has been perpetuated over and over. What we find after the crucifixion is the disciples huddled in a room, terrified, scared. As a matter of fact, Peter, somebody help me out, Bible scholar, Peter had already started doing what? He had already gone back to fishing again. He was done. This brother's trying to catch a bass, right? He didn't steal the body. Here's the deal. 
He showed himself after this as Paul screams. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. He appeared to five hundred more at one time, most of whom are still alive. In other words, Paul's going, if you don't believe this, just go ask any of these thousand people who've seen him. They'll all tell you that they've seen him. One of us may be crazy, but thousands of us ain't crazy. And he goes on to say this, And some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. And then he appeared to the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me. The truth is that our Lord Jesus conquered death's curse and rose victoriously and accomplished all 13 things I told you and then thousands more for us because of Easter. There's an old saying, and man, it is cool saying. And it's beautiful. It's a call and response that a lot of you guys grew up saying. And it's here on the screen. On Easter Sunday morning, a believer walks in and says, He is risen. And then his fellow brethren say what in return? He is risen indeed. And now let's, let's just try it, okay? Let's, let's try it. Let's, let's see if we really have got plugged in a little bit, right? I know it's early. Thank you for coming to the 9 o'clock service. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All right, we're going to do it one more again, all right? Listen, because I'm not feeling it. I know, you, again, I keep hounding on deviled eggs because I hope somebody brings me 24 of them this afternoon. Okay. Uh, but, but we're going we're gonna to get after it. All right. He is risen But after all the texts that I just read you, I think maybe there might be a little better phrase. Would you stand up with me? And I propose to you a new saying. Because He is risen, we are risen indeed. Happy Easter, safe haven. Happy Easter. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thanks after a text, well, a text, good grief, 14 texts. And that's just, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. Lord Jesus, thank you. What you earned was solely due you. You... you, you should have kept it all. You could have kept it all. You, you deserve to keep it all. There's none of it that you should have given to us. We're not deserving. We're not worthy. I mean, we get that, Lord Jesus. We get it. And so on Easter, oh God, today, maybe just that a few of these promises would stir our souls to a greater level of thanksgiving, a greater level of rejoicing, that as these people leave and go have Easter lunch, maybe with family, maybe by themselves, whatever it looks like, that that the prayer before eating would just look a little different. That as we walk out of the room, that the sun would shine just a little different. God, that the the next song that we sing would just sing just a little different. Oh, and then just in the quiet of our room, 
when we're just kind of contemplating the fact that one day we will drink the cup again with you anew would stir in us a little different. Oh God, that you would use us to be great proclaimers of the resurrected King Jesus. Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are risen. You are risen indeed. And because you're risen, we are thankful that we too are risen indeed.